0: everyone. I'm so glad you're here and welcome to Satiate the Boulder Nutrition Podcast. I'm Sue Van Reis, your host, functional nutritionist, food psychology specialist, and founder of Boulder Nutrition. I also lead women's wellness and yoga retreats both locally and internationally. My inspiration in creating Satiate, the Boulder Nutrition Podcast, is to offer you well being and functional nutrition insights, to share with you many inspiring stories that can be salve for your soul, to introduce to you some of my very special guests and specialists in their field from all across the country. And to offer you an opportunity to satiate your body, mind, and soul. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to take a moment and introduce to you today's special guest, Joe Shalman. Joe is a state champion gymnast, a nationally ranked diver, and diving coach. While prepping for medical school, she was T boned by a semi truck during a cross-country bike tour. As a result of this accident, Jo was told that she wouldn't live a normal life, let alone become a doctor. Her recovery process was both physically and emotionally grueling. But through her healing, she was able to unlock some universal healing principles that could not only help her, but other people as well. These discoveries became the key foundations of the conscious cleanse. Because of her experience, Jo is driven to help people who think that healing is out of their reach. Although she never became a doctor, Jo has been able to fulfill her lifelong mission of helping people heal. Jo Shalman is the co-author of the book, The Conscious Cleanse, a best-selling step-by-step guide to help you live your most vibrant life, and the newest book, The Conscious Cleanse Cookbook. She has led thousands of people through her online-supported cleanse, with her accessible and light-hearted approach. The Conscious Cleanse program has also been dubbed the real deal by Bobby Brown, founder and chief creator of Bobby Brown Cosmetics. It's great to have you here today, Joe and. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Sue. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yay. I remember back in the early days when you started the conscious cleanse with Jules. And tell me a little bit about that. What year was that? When did you guys get started? I can't remember.
1: It's been a a very organic process, I would say uh, very much so. Jules and I more officially started in about 2012, but unofficially we were in 2009. So it's been over a decade since we've really been taking on the conscious cleanse. And Jules and I were both yoga teachers and we met in a yoga studio um, and both were interested in nutrition for very different reasons. Um, I was actually about to go to medical school Um, when I I was a yoga teacher, going to go to medical school. And I took this trip riding my bike across the United States and ended up getting hit by a truck going 70 miles per hour on my bike. And that was a defining moment for me and really what catapulted my interest and my life direction changing. Um, After that, I broke my back in seven places and was in major chronic pain. And I was told that I would be disabled for the rest of my life. And that, that really was uh, incredibly depressing. And I, I had lost hope for the first time in my life. And I feel like I'd always been a very optimistic person because I was told that I couldn't go to medical school and I was given Percocet for my pain and Prozac for my depression. And I was 27 years old. So that was really, really tough. And, What happened because of that was that it took me down really low. But what I realized was that there had to be a different way. And that's in the process. This is when I met Jules. I thought, well, I have been focusing on this pain in my body. I've been focusing on all of this weight I gained. I gained 40 pounds. And in the process, I kind of got lost in the idea that if I just lost weight, I would feel better. And I didn't like I tried every diet on the market, which is sometimes I have to do all the things that don't work to figure out what does work. But I tried every diet and I tried um, shakes and pills and I tried prepackaged meals and I counted points and everything, you know, how many years ago, 15 years ago, and none of it worked. Yeah. And what ended up happening was every time I did one of those plans or quote diets, it just made me feel more depressed and I didn't lose any weight and I wasn't healing I still was in chronic pain and I still had this 40 pounds on my small frame. Um, but what I realized if if I was beating myself up about my body and looking at food as the enemy, what if I could flip it around and do it differently? So what if I could look at food as healing and look at my body as beautiful and strong and um, just the way it is that in this exact moment without having to change it? And that Really started to spark things. And Jules was on her own path, much healthier than I was, but still looking how she could improve her health and well being. And we came together and thought, well, what if we put together a program for ourselves? It was two weeks only. And it was centered around the same principles, but we had very different eating plans. So Jules uh, didn't eat meat, I did. And We thought, what if vegetables could be the center of our universe and we would get rid of major allergens. And in two weeks, my inflammation um, went down and my pain reduced from a nine to a five. And I lost, yeah, I lost 15 pounds and it wasn't about the weight, but it was like something was working and my brain flipped and people started asking us what we were doing. And that was the birth of the conscious cleanse.
0: That's an amazing story. I I remember hearing tidbits about your accident, but I didn't realize it was to that level and what an obstacle to overcome, both just physically, but also mentally and emotionally in general. And um, to be able to find food to be this powerful tool of healing is so profound. But I don't know if we all understand how profound it can be when we haven't necessarily experienced something like that dramatic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I we say, you know, Jules is a good example of the other side of it. Like she felt good. She did yoga. She was vegetarian. She thought, you know, overall- her health was good. And kind of what you're saying, not everybody has an extreme bike accident to feel the the extreme of gaining 40 pounds, being in chronic pain, and then told, being told you'd be disabled for life. You know, Jules has ended up realizing that what she was eating, she was eating soy and dairy. And that those two things in general, over and over for her, didn't work. And it caused adult acne, gas and bloating. And just holding extra inflammation. And when she found some of those keys in the conscious cleanse, her adult acne cleared up, her stomach pains that she'd had for decades went away. And it was the small, simple things, um, but made big impact. And I I think that's also, that's more of a a, a common story that we hear. um, Although the big life transformations absolutely do happen as well.
0: Yeah. And it's like these things that we could be doing every single day in reference to what you're talking about with Jules, like eating something that's really not good for us, yet we are trying really hard to be healthy and we don't realize how a certain food can be impacting us in such a strong way negatively, you know, even if it's a healthy food. Totally. Um, In some cases. And I, you know, I work a lot with food allergies as well. And it's just always so profound for me to uncover with someone like what is actually triggering some of their uncomfortable, you know, symptoms of whatever, whatever sort, um, and then be able to watch the healing process happen in the absence of that food. So I love that that's part of your cleanse and um, that that's, that is a pretty big part of, or would you, you say integral part of your program is to really be able to look back and see this, these very common trigger foods and how they may be negatively impacting someone. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Food allergies and sensitivities are a huge, a huge part of what we do. And what's, what I think is interesting. And I'm not, uh, there are so many different plans or diets out there. What we really believe is there is not this one way that everybody should be eating. There are definitely some central themes like everybody adding in more vegetables. It's going to be a win. But if you're somebody who's eating, even if it's a quote health food, let's say you're allergic to almonds or you're allergic to rice and you're eating it all the time, it's not going to make you feel good. And um, I, as a kid, actually, I was highly, highly allergic, like anaphylactic allergic. And I was really lucky to work with, um, his name was Dr. Theron Randolph and he started environmental medicine and ecology. And his whole thing was, Mm -hmm. you know, you can be eating foods that you love and crave. Um, you can be eating foods that, that are considered healthy, but they are sabotaging your health. And that was absolutely me as a kid, even just environmentally, the way that you, um, what you put your food into. So as a kid, I, if my mom cooked uh, my food in plastic, I would go into anaphylactic shock. And so, back wow. in the day, I was learning, and I was kind of this canary for this—you know, what we are knowing now. You know, plastic isn't great. Yeah, you know, that—that is affecting us. We are consuming a lot more of it. So, putting our food in glass and metal is much better. But uh, that our whole environment—not only the food we eat, but also what it's surrounded by—really impacts our overall health and well-being. And when you can figure out your allergies and your sensitivities, that is going to unlock your health for life.
0: Absolutely. And it's just so interesting to me, the saying um, that I work with a lot, you've probably heard this, one man's medicine is another man's poison. Absolutely. And or woman. (laughs) Um, (laughs) One woman's medicine is another woman's poison. It's so interesting. I actually have that exact issue with almonds and I didn't know that for a long time. And it only actually creeps up really badly when my stress level is high. So that's, you know, only been really high a few times in my life. Like when I got divorced and almonds would give me migraines all of a sudden, but, you know, it's so interesting to uncover these things because, you know, even still I find when I'm like researching and writing about certain foods uh, for different articles, I write, you know, there's just a gazillion great benefits about almonds. <laughs> and I'm always just kind of mad, like, wait a second. They're not great for everybody. <laughs> exactly. I think
1: we are definitely on the same page so much so with that because – uh, I think, I think certain health foods get out so much on trend. What we're finding is that people eat them so much and so often over and over. So all day long, they're drinking almond milk. They're having almonds as a snack. They have it in a bar. They have it in a, you know, almond meal and a kind of a, a dessert, and then it comp- compounds over time. And I developed an almond allergy from that reason, um, I don't eat almonds very often now coconuts I'm allergic to, but coconuts are considered like the miracle food. And it's almost impossible to find, uh, recipes these days without coconut, something in it.
0: Absolutely. Almonds is tricky. And I was doing so much almond meal, like paleo baking for a while. (laughs) And I was like, quickly, like, I got to figure out some new paleo flowers to get myself off of this almond thing just so that I would stop noticing like digestive distress and various things from it as well. And, you know, it's just, I see it so often with clients who come in the door and they're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding gluten because, you know, that seems to be what everyone's doing. And yet, you know, sometimes that's the case where it's a problem. And often I'm like, well, it might be gluten, but you know, you might be, surprised by the foods that are actually truly bothering you absolutely Um, it might not be the number one allergen out there (laughs) So, (laughs) so true so tell me in your cleanse and I know I've you know read your book and looked into it a lot over the years and tell me like just for the listeners how do people uncover these allergies in your program
1: So it's 14 days and, you know, we say cleanse and interesting people. Some, some people say, oh my God, it's a cleanse. We're the conscious cleanse, meaning the conscious part of it is that you're actually going to be eating real food. There's also also mindfulness, but you get to eat a variety of things, um, vegetables, uh, nuts and seeds, non-gluten grains, beans, meat and fish, if that's something that you eat. And really we have it's, it's a choose your own adventure and find what foods work best in your body. So if you're more of a paleo eater and you thrive on, you know, vegetables and proteins, great. If you're vegan, great. Um, we get rid of a bunch of allergens just to start. Even if people say, I'm not allergic to something, uh, we get rid of it because it can't hurt to take it away for 14 days. The worst thing is you don't eat something for 14 days and you realize, oh, that's not a problem. And I'm sure you know this, Sue, but if somebody says to us, well, I'm not allergic to tomatoes. I can totally eat tomatoes. They're totally fine for me. I eat them every day and um, I love them and love them so much. Anytime somebody says to us, I love this food so much. I can't live without this food. It's like, ding, ding, ding. Oftentimes that's the food that could be causing problems in your health, right?
0: Yes, yes. And that is one of the most interesting phenomenons I find that yes. we crave our allergens. I often compare it to um, an adrenaline rush actually, that you know, we, we seek out these things in life that are, you know, giving us a rush of some kind. And I think with foods, when we're craving them and they're not good for us, it's actually mimicking that similar type of adrenaline rush yet in a bad way
1: <laughs> 100% like you can be eating it and getting that like feedback positive feedback so you want to keep eating more but then it's also causing inflammation in the body and other and other other issues inflammatory issues so yeah we we when people say well what do you think is my thing the first question i say is well what do you love and crave the most like what could you not live without and that you know people get really Nervous, and I say, Okay, that doesn't mean you're never going to get to eat this food. Let's just shine a light on it. Let's just talk about it. And then we have ways that you can eat and live and sometimes still incorporate this food. Many times you still can. So, I mean, our program is this 14 days. We get rid of allergens. We add in more veggies. We keep it very simple, all about eating whole foods that exist in nature. And um, after these 14 days, we'll say, Okay, pick one food that you're going to test. And we're going to spend the next week or so testing a food in its single form. So dairy or gluten, or, um, again, whatever that is, uh, we, we do test, uh, alcohol, although alcohol, you know, has many different parts to it. And it's not as clear sometimes in food testing, but, um, yeast, you know, people are testing everything that's on our, our list and they, wait and see, and they eat that food. They don't change anything else. And they notice how that impacts them. And then what we do is train them to say, okay, with this information, you're going to eat according to your blueprint 80% of the time. And then the other 20% is, is shifting and finding, okay, how can I still eat my, um, bread or my baguette or whatever that is that I love, um, in a way that doesn't take me down. And, I think it's also asking people where they are at and what they're willing to do. Like for me, I don't do gluten and dairy and eggs ever. Like it's not in my 20%, but it took me a while to get there. And so it's really, if somebody's like, I can't live without this, it's like, great. Well, let's do a rotation of this food. Let's not have it more than, you know, five days. It's like the four day rotation Um, and then it doesn't usually create as much of a compound effect in their body. But we coach people on what that looks like for them. So this 80, 80, 80-20 living, which is not, again, it's very individualistic. And so that's kind of how our program goes. Ultimately, what we want is people to live this as a lifestyle and that they can take these habits and tools with them long after our program is over.
0: Absolutely. So I just kind of want to recap that just so we can kind of break down the pieces. So The cleanse, the conscious cleanse is 14 days. You're doing whole food eating. Mm -hmm. You can be vegetarian, vegan, or, you know, something more like paleo or keto, I'm sure. Yep. And then you start testing some of the, the most common food allergens by removing them from Mm -hmm. your 14 days. That's right. And then at the end, you reintroduce maybe a couple one at a time, of course, to see what happens in your body and to see if you can potentially keep that in your 20%, or even if it's something like a tomato, maybe in your day-to-day. That's right. Yeah. And then and then you have like basically that's kind of like a maintenance plan for people. Yes. Yeah. That's you amazing. got it. <laughs> and now, and I want to come back to this more fully in a few minutes, but now you have the Conscious Cleanse program, which is a book, right? Yeah. And then we have the new Conscious Cleanse cookbook, which is the support kind of food part of all the recipes and all of the beautiful photos and inspiration and and some food facts and nutrition in there as well that basically supports people through both the program, the 14-day program, and beyond.
1: Yep, yep, that's right. Amazing.
0: So we'll come back to the cookbook in a minute. But I before we do that, let's just finish up with a couple more of your kind of cleanse questions, because I know cleansing for people is, you know, in, in some t- in some cases, intimidating, and I You know, I know this from doing them myself with my clients and seeing where people have resistance to letting go of things or fear that they're, you know, they're letting go of their comfort food or those types of things. And I'm curious your spin on kind of cravings and when people are either having that resistance in letting go of something or notice cravings pop up during the program, like what is your take on that?
1: Cravingness can give you a lot of information. I think there's the physical craving and there is like, we just talked about the allergic kind of craving that gives you a sense of like, this is something that actually you have a huge, it could be a huge key for you to removing it for a short period of time. And you'll have big health breakthroughs. I think that is part of it. There's also the emotional craving piece and the comfort craving piece of, you know, if somebody says, you know, I really want to have this I really want to have ice cream, or I really want to have a glass of wine. We, we, we see right now a lot of people, and especially during the pandemic and by no fault and no blame or shame, but a lot of us and a lot more people are drinking, right? Because this is a very stressful time. And so people are coming home at night or they're at home, right? And they're at night have to have that glass of wine. And it is because and of a lot of the stress that we're under. So when people say, I can't live without my wine, we'll say, well, okay, uh, what does that wine do for you? What's underneath that wine? And let's let's work that out. And if it's for you, like, oh my gosh, I just need a break and a breather. I've been around my kids all day. I've been homeschooling. I've been working and it's my time. This glass of wine represents my time. And we'll say, that's great. You know, so let's, it's really good to realize that. What else could you do that could represent your time? How could you carve that out and take care of yourself in a deeper way, even during these stressful times? So really getting to the root of what these foods mean and trying not to leave you naked and exposed and just take it away, but replace it with something that is comforting to you. I know for me, um, I had, had had been an emotional eater for years and I would always have something sugary or chocolatey at night and I had always difficult sleeping and nighttimes were not fun for me. And I, it, just, it, was, it was a big hot mess in terms of all the, I would be good all day, quote, right? And then at night I would eat all the, the things that weren't good for me and what i realized is i needed to replace that with something comforting like i was just mentioning so at night i would before all those cravings took me down it was something super simple i'd just draw a hot bath i would get in I would stay in that hot bath and sweat my butt off for 20 minutes. And by the time I was in that bath, about after, you know, probably even five minutes, the cravings were gone because I just needed my butt. I just need a place to relax and discharge and unwind from the day. And so I think that's what we really try to do for people is to help them um, find alternatives that can really relax Mm -hmm. them or whatever that craving or that food means for them.
0: Yeah. I love the idea of adding in the right things rather than just subtracting things because subtracting things really triggers us and even makes us crave more. But when we can add in something that is soothing, like a hot bath or even a a healthier version of a food that we love or various, I think it's such a more practical approach for the human mind to be able to wrap, wrap our heads around that, you know, where it doesn't push us into more kind of self-sabotaging type of behaviors. So totally.
1: totally And and I should say that when I went from all this chocolate, I think I was eating York peppermint patties. I was housing those (laughs) junior mints back in the day. And I went from that to dark chocolate. And then I went from that to um, dates with almond butter and just like stair stepping my way down because dates still are very, very sweet. And um, it, it, it wasn't that I just took away this, this habit right away. And, you know, the other thing that we say is that if, if you have a quote slip up, that it's actually really great. It's good information. How, what, what happened when you ate that food, how did it make you feel? And we all need to learn how to not beat ourselves up. If we eat something that we didn't want to eat, that's a huge tool in the healthy journey, the healthy living and finding, finding this, um, more stable place and a healthy relationship with food.
0: Oh, I so agree. It's one of the most tricky things. I think when we talk about self-love to be able to love ourselves through these moments where we are, you know, kind of going against what we want to be doing or making a decision that, you know, feels like cheating or doing something that's sabotaging ourselves. And then it's, That's, I think the true practice of self-love is being able to just be gentle with ourselves and, you know, kind of exhale and know that, you know, we don't have to be perfect to be healthy and that we're human and that we're also all going through our own versions of life that can be so intense. And then this year specifically, you know, just kind of throwing many of us into a whirlwind. So I completely agree.
1: Yeah. And, and if you do, let's say you're like, I just had a scoop of ice cream. It's like, okay, have the scoop, not the whole tub. And oftentimes that binge is because we feel so bad. It's the adding the guilt and shame onto something. So if we can keep it more neutral, that is going to happen, right? All of us are going to eat something in our lifetime after we go through any kind of program that we don't feel great about. And if we just don't add that weight, that will make a huge difference.
0: Oh yeah. The weight of how we judge ourselves, I think is one of the most challenging aspects with our relationship to food. It's so complex. Yeah. Well, I love that your program really embodies all of these concepts because, you know, there's obviously so many versions of cleansing out there and bringing the, the consciousness to the program, I'm sure is such a supportive piece for people because not only are we healing our... Um, our bodies, right? When we go through a process like this and a program like this, we can also heal, you know, some of the emotional sides of ourselves, some of the, you know, mental ways that we talk to ourselves and the voices that we hear in our head all day long. And I just think those are all so important in our overall holistic health. So it, um, it feels like your program is so complete and dynamic within all of those pieces being part of it.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you have another program starting, I know, in the new year. Yes. Uh, And tell me about that, because I know this podcast will air, hopefully, you know, the first of the of the year. And some of these listeners may be interested in joining you.
1: Yes. Well, you know, we, we have these two books, the conscious cleanse book and the conscious cleanse cookbook, but we started with programs. We started organically leading people through these group programs first in person and now online. And that's really our sweet spot and how we, what we love to do most. Um, so we have, you can always come and do our, your cleanse and your own start date at your own time. We have what we call our conscious cleanse on demand program where, um, you get support through with health coaches and videos and, and support um platforms to really connect with other people and get in-time real coaching because that's really, really important to us. Um I remember when I was going through my health struggle, I would sign up for something and really be struggling and I wouldn't hear back from somebody for 48 hours or if all at all. And so I knew that when we started our program, there had to be a high level of um, people support. You had to feel like when you were signing up for something, you were going to get connected with health coaches, with me and Jules and with other people in the community. So you can come sign up anytime, but we do have these group cleanses that I love. The group cleanses are times when people really come together and cleanse even more as a community. And we have one on January 6th. And so you can just go to consciouscleanse.com and learn more about it. Um, but Sue, I mean, I don't know, I know this is kind of off the cuff, but I would love to give your community a discount if they're interested.
0: Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of momentum in the beginning of a year. And I think one of the things I was literally just writing about was how important it is and how much more successful we can be with our health goals or any goals, really, if we have consistency and support accountability it's like it's so integral to being successful with what we are like wanting to achieve and um your program has all of those elements like so in the foundation of it so it's it's a great opportunity for people to join that's amazing so i'll i'll definitely include that in the show notes and in in my emails and we'll see if some we have some some boulder nutrition folks that will head your way that'd be amazing
1: Awesome. Awesome. Awesome.
0: So I am curious to hear a little bit more about your brand new cookbook, which I was so happily gifted by you um, about a month ago. And it's been sitting on my coffee table and I've been perusing all these amazing recipes and testing some out. And I have some plans to make even more this week. So how did that all come about and tell me about how it's all going?
1: Well, one of the things we, you know, we realized after creating our conscious cleanse book was that part of living a healthy lifestyle is the billet and healthy eating is you have to get in the kitchen and and make some of your own meals. You can supplement it with, you know, eating out or other ways that are healthy uh, and navigating that, but it's really important to know how to cook food and to cook great food. Uh, Jules and I, by by the way, are not trained chefs. We are not fancy. We have learned over time and we don't love spending a ton of time in the kitchen, but we do love eating really good food. So we thought let's put together a cookbook of very simple, some of them are simple-ish, but simple recipes that are attainable for everybody that really also hit the spot because If you're like, I want Thai food, then you've got to be able to find a recipe that can hit that spot for you. And I know you were just talking about finding replacement foods. So that this cookbook was about, you know, finding the most nutrient dense foods and making it really flavorful and delicious. And uh, we've, we're really excited about, about having done that. And I think some recipes are just simple soups and salads and smoothies, but then there are some other really fun Recipes that are a little bit more complex, and we have desserts and we even have cocktails. But it's like, how can you have a cocktail and up level it? We don't have cocktails in the cleanse, but it's going to be part of your 80 20. So, our cookbook is cleanse recipes and our quote 80 20 recipes. The when you're going to have, uh, you're indulging, when you indulge, these are some recipes you can have as well in a healthy way.
0: I think it pairs so well mm-hmm. with your cleanse. And of course, people need recipes, but um, the thing that's even more enticing is being able to look through those recipes and be drawn in and you have gorgeous photos and really clean ingredients and a lot of creative ingredients and recipes that you know are sparking a lot of my curiosity as well. And I just think that it, mu- it must ease your client's transition into cleansing to feel like they have all of those recipes at their fingertips and that they can really, you know, look and see how beautiful and vital and, you know, just bright and gorgeous the foods can be with a healthy, with a healthy, um, approach. And I think sometimes when people are new to eating healthy and eating whole foods, they often have a, uh, an idea that it's gonna be really bland or boring. And I'm sure you've talked to people in your experience that may have, you know, similar fears that health food is, you know, like eating raw bunches of kale and, <laughs> and that's what we sit around doing. <laughs> but often I feel like for someone who is, you know, new to some of these healthy ingredients, there's a misconception, but we can like help them to trans- transform their ideas. and to become actually excited about how delicious healthy food can be. And your cookbook is such a great example of that.
1: Thank you. I I love eating and so does Jules. And so we wanted to make, you know, food that would be delicious to eat and, a hit, you know, we, we love Asian food. So there's a lot of great Asian recipes in there. There's a lot of, um, and, and I think this time of year, I was thinking on Christmas, you know, we're, we're Jewish, we do a Jewish Christmas and it's always involving Asian food. Yeah, you, know, you, you order Chinese food on Christmas. <laughs> and, um, we, this year, we, my husband ordered Chinese food cause that's what he really wanted. And I was like, I'm not ordering that. I'm going to make our, I'm going to make our um, pad Thai, which was super delicious and super easy. And I guess the point is that really fresh ingredients, uh, things that, you know, fresh ginger and fresh herbs can really transform your food and make things taste amazing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's something that people might surprise themselves by.
0: It's yeah, it's exciting and it's creative. And I think when we have some guidance, we can like start to spark our own creativity in the kitchen and start to use our own intuition with flavors and building flavors. But I always find that you know, having some structure and having some support and having some um, guidance in the beginning is so integral to learning to be comfortable cooking and learning to be comfortable cooking with different ingredients. And so I'm sure for many of your, of your cleansers, that's, that's something that they're learning. And I know for many of my clients, it's like, it's intimidating, but with the right support, it can be so rewarding. Absolutely so i'm curious about you said you both love food which is obvious and so Mm. do i um and that you like to keep things fairly simple which you know i think when we're busy with our jobs and i know you both are moms of young kids and you know making things efficient and you know fairly timeless is so important when we're trying to feed our families, and especially lately with people home all the time, um, more often, lots of more, lots of home-cooked meals these days. And I'm curious, like, what are your most favorite staples that you always have in your kitchen?
1: I always have something to make a smoothie because I start my day with a smoothie and it's very easy. It's kind of a no-brainer and I feel amazing afterwards. I'm more in this low-sugar zone, so I don't do a lot of sweets, uh, even natural sweeteners. So I have, uh, parsley and cilantro and spinach and arugula and cucumbers and celery always in my fridge. Cause that's in some combination I make a smoothie. And I know that's not for the, for, for the, for most people who are starting out in the smoothie world, but, but it's nice to have even just some fresh greens and those herbs then can translate to other dressings and, um, uh, on top of salads as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Funny, I during pandemic and not, but I love sardines. They're kind of, I usually have canned sardines. There's actually a recipe in the cookbook called sardines for breakfast. And um, I think they're, they're one of the super foods, especially when it comes, if you're gonna be eating fish and the calcium from the bones and the omega-3s, like I love sardines. My six-year-old, when she's hungry, is like, mom, can I have some sardines? You know, I love it. <laughs> not something- not something you would think, but then I always have like a piece of um, some kind of like, fro- I eat meat, so some kind of like frozen meat or fish in the freezer that we can always, you know, very easily whip up. Um, during the, the winter, I like roasting pans of vegetables Mm. and topping that on on top of sometimes salads or just having with uh, again, like a protein and then soup, having a soup on hand that I make in either the weekend or sometime during the week that'll last for a couple dinners or a dinner. And then a couple lunches, um, really makes a big difference. We like to batch cook and make more food than we need to so that you don't just have food for that meal. Um, so that it, it spreads out over a few days and you don't have to cook every day because there is a way to do this, that you're cooking, you know, three times a week for seven days. And you've got a lot of different iterations of, of, of meals with certain simple foods. Um, I know one of our favorite recipes is a curried carrot soup. Uh, we have that in our first, first book. And, uh, we also have, we have tons of great soups. There's a golden soup. I don't know if you've made that yet, but in our cookbook. I-
0: I've been checking that one out a lot, actually. I really, I really want to make that one. That sounds so good.
1: Yeah. And it's easy. I think it's, it's finding like really easy things, anything blended (laughs) and warm right now is really delicious. So those are some of the big staples. I don't eat a ton of grains, but if I do, I'll have, you know, a squash or sweet potatoes in terms of anything starchy that I can, again, use in soups or roasting as well. I don't know if that was a lot of food I just mentioned, but
0: (laughs) it's actually very similar to me. Um, I haven't been on the sardine kick for a while, but th- that was my ski food forever. Where I would bring a, a little can of sardines in my jacket pocket to the. I'm sure the people at the ski mountain were like, "Okay, who who are you?" <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but It's a great protein hit, and it's got so much, so many great oils, and mm-hmm. you know, keeps you going, um, and travels well. But yes, other thing I love that we have in common is I am a soup. Soup is my go-to for for every for anything, and even in the summer, but especially in the winter. And I think that making a big pot of soup every week Mm
1: -hmm.
0: saves us so much time. Like there's so many meals we can eat off of a big pot of soup. Yes, and it doesn't. It just keeps getting better and better every day. And so that's one of the things I love to do every week as well. Is cook a big pot of soup and play with different ones. Sometimes the one pot meal type soups and then Mm -hmm. other times the blended, the blended soups where I might have a protein on the side or something, but yeah, yeah, so uh, it's fun to hear. I think it's a fun question to ask people because, you know, some, some of us have these really interesting ingredients that we can't survive without, or (laughs) we love to have around and it's like kind of fun to, to get the rundown.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So I know this is something that you've talked a little bit about on some of your social media platforms and that many of us have uh, been just considering as we are in the middle of this crazy pandemic and, and a lot of people have really been struggling with their eating. And I'm just curious, you know, how has it been for you with a young baby and another small toddler and family life and work and, also all the stress of the pandemic. How, how have you been through that? And what have you noticed in yourself and in your clients around the pandemic?
1: I think, especially in the beginning of the the pandemic, uh, March, April, May people were wrapping their heads around what was happening. And I think there was a lot of comfort food eating and, um, and I think in the last few months, people have started to realize that they haven't felt as good as they could feel, and a lot of people have noticed that certain health challenges have have come back or have increased, or some people have um, gained weight. Although we don't focus on weight when we talk about our program, but I know that that's something that's happened over the past few months. And um, you know, I think the the one thing that I try to do, and we try to coach people, is to be really kind and gentle with. With themselves around anything that's been happening over the last 10 months, because if your health has declined, if you've gained weight, okay. The best thing is if you have one been to our program before, you know, the tools, how to pick yourself up and picking yourself up is half the battle right picking yourself up is the thing it's not about being perfect because we're going to have other life situations maybe not a pandemic but things that take us down so every time we pick ourselves up we're strengthening that muscle and that is priceless so to me that is what i love the most and what i've learned over the last you know 10 months i've had times in my life really intense times, my accident and other times that have taken me out and, um, I've gone really deep and, but what it's taught me is how to, how to get up. And, um, that's, that's the big lesson here.
0: Mm. It's, um, that muscle, I think it's resiliency is what yes. you're about. And I've been researching that a lot lately because, you know, these are times when a lot of us are learning that we are way more resilient than we thought. And it is like weightlifting, I think, resiliency. We have to, you know, kind of keep practicing getting back up after things are rough. And we can do that with our eating. We can do that with, you know, any aspect of our lives, but we, you know, it takes that that believing that we can. And I'm so glad that your program has um, those elements to kind of help people realize like resiliency is possible for anyone. We just have to practice. We just have to learn that we're stronger than we think. Such a big life lesson. This pandemic yes. has been such so many lessons for so many people. Amid all of the loss and the stress and the uncertainty and you know, the economic strife. I do feel like most of us have learned something, at least something, if not many things about ourselves during this time.
1: I would a hundred percent agree with that.
0: Yeah. So tell us where we can find your books because I know they're all over the place. Um, I'm sure Amazon, but I you know give us the rundown on how we can how we can get our hands on those books and how to sign up for your January sixth cleanse.
1: You can find at ed- our books at any major retailer. Um, so and a lot of uh, small indie bookstores uh, will for sure have them as well. I know here in Boulder they do and other places around the country, but, um, definitely call your bookstore if you want to support those them and ask them if they have it. And if they don't let me know, (laughs) but, but, um, that's where you can find our books and you can also, uh, find our cleanse at consciouscleanse.com. And we have, um, for January and beyond, we've added fitness to our cleanse, which we're really excited about. So movement is permanently a part of your conscious cleanse experience. It's optional, but we realize that right now during a pandemic and also Jules and I are yoga teachers, we've been teaching yoga for 19 years. And we always knew that we wanted to have movement and mindfulness and meditation incorporated in our cleanse. So during our 14 days, you're going to get um, some type of movement and beyond you're going to every, every month that you are a member, you're going to get new workouts, new yoga, you, new meditations. And we're really excited about that a- added bonus.
0: Oh, it's so perfect. And it really does help people to, you know, do that inner work that sometimes bubbles up when we make change. That's so right. It's a great piece to have all of those components. Awesome. Well, I am so glad that we got together today to chat and that, you know, there's really so much uh, that we have in common with our work and our mission and supporting people in finding their overall health and vitality and inner strength. And I'm just so glad that, you know, you were able to take this time to join me on the podcast today. I'm so excited and I can't wait for everyone to have this episode at their fingertips. Thank you,
1: Sue. This was so wonderful. I love chatting with you.
0: Oh, you too. It's been a while since we've actually run into each other in these crazy stay-at-home days, but (laughs) I'm glad to see you, glad to hear your voice, and I'm glad to hear you're doing well.
1: You as well. Thank you for having me.
0: You're so welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this very special episode of Satiate. Until next time, I'm sending you all the heartfelt health and happiness that you so deserve. Happy holidays to you and yours, and thank you for being part of the Boulder Nutrition community.